Second episode of 2021, covering Drive to Survive season three on Netflix. Uh, I'm Brian Silverstein. I'm with here with my very good buddy Ian Kimball. Yes, hello, FEF one. Uh, and so this episode, we're going to dive into uh, episodes three and four of Drive to Survive season three. Uh, episode three is called Nobody's Fool, and episode four is called We Need to Talk About Ferrari. Uh, so. I I'm so happy that they did this episode about Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, it was so necessary. And I mean, over the course of the last couple of years or a couple of seasons, I guess, of Drive to Survive, the first one, they didn't talk to Mercedes at all. Mm -hmm. And then last year, like they kind of got a little bit behind the curtain, but still not much, you know, totally. It was like one episode. I feel like it was very much on like Hamilton and like where, like what, how he was thinking about his career at that point. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I think this third episode, um, which what a, what a title. Nobody's fool. Um, This third episode is so like, man, it's, I think it's the thing everybody's always wanted to know, which is what does it feel like to be the teammate to the probably who will go down as the greatest F1 driver ever. Yeah. And I think it's something we've talked a lot about over the yeah. last season, especially. And I think with Bottas, like I always think about like if it, if it were me, like if I could pick my F1 career, would I want to be the guy where on paper it's like, man, he won, like he won a few races, he had a shit ton of podiums, he got a bunch of poles. But like no one, like no one's gonna talk about Valtteri Bottas in 20 years. Yeah. Like ever. You know, and I feel like there's other drivers out there that don't have those numbers you know what I mean like on paper they don't have the same stats but are like much more interesting to look back on you know what I mean like you're uh so far like your your Checos even like he's you know he's someone who's he's been around a long time but um you know I, it's so interesting and I think Bottas like I'm gonna chalk chalk part of this up to him being Finnish like he's <laughs> he's so like he doesn't talk much to the media yeah, no, he's very stoic, you know, and I feel like that adds to that sense of like, what is going on with him? You know what I mean? Because like, like, we don't know, like, yeah. you can, the other drivers, like they talk a lot, you can kind of read their moods, like, you know, you kind of know what Lando Norris is thinking week to week, you know, because just from his like Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, like, it, you're, it's got to definitely be just his personality. And, it, and you're right, like, it is unfortunate, because I mean, is Bottas a better driver than Lando right now? Uh, You know, arguably, yeah. Um, And like you're saying, like, is he one of the best drivers? I mean, I think that the minute you win an F1 race, just win an F1 race, you're, you're one of the best drivers ever. Sure. Like, it's so impossible to be an F1 driver 
you have to be so good or rich, but right. mostly <laughs> like to, to be a, you know, uh, an F1 driver with a good team and be constantly in the top 10 and like regularly in the top five, you have to be so good mm-hmm. that it is like difficult to comprehend. And then to win multiple races, mm-hmm. like you're not like that's, that makes you a great all time F1 driver and you're a hundred percent right. No one will ever remember his name just because like Lewis Hamilton is constantly in the, you know, where, where Lando, I think, and, and Leclerc and Gasly and these, the young guys mm-hmm. are all, you know, they're all on Instagram and they're on TikTok or whatever. And they have their, uh, their video game streams that they do. You know what I mean? Like yep. they're kind of like the fun young guys and you have guys like Lewis and Sebastian who are multiple champions, but are also like kind of the old guard and they, mm-hmm. uh, and they, are, are sort of, uh, you know, like the the responsible big brothers. Of, right, yeah, of they're, the, they're the leaders within the sport. And then you have like yeah. Verstappen who, you know, doesn't really do social media that much, but right. like, is able to prove it out on the track where he's just like, he's an exciting driver to watch. You know, yeah. the coverage of him, at least in, the, in English is very favorable. And then, you know, I feel like, like I see a lot of uh, parallels in my head to Alex Albon and Valtteri Bottas. Like, it's not a mistake that they got those rides. You know what I mean? Like, they were yeah. brought onto those teams for a reason because they're great drivers. But it's one of those where, like, you set the driver against the expectation of what we know that car can do. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I just which told- we've done ourselves, right? Yeah, like you and I week to week, it's like, oh, like I, I think that Valtteri probably in a different car would be trash. Like I think he'd be in the, the bottom 10. But the fact of the matter is that he's in a Mercedes and he right. gets poles and he wins races. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I, it's one of those where you're like, well, Mercedes has an amazing car and, but you're right. Like, I don't, you know, if, if Bottas left and was like, oh, I'm going to go to Aston Martin. Like if he, he, he like pulled up Vettel and was like, I'm going to Aston Martin next year. My expectations wouldn't be as high for him. Like I imagine whoever, whoever they pull in to replace him at Mercedes would finish higher at the end of the season than wherever he, I mean, I mean, uh what's his name kind of showed that uh russell yeah russell george russell kind of kind of showed that to be the fact of the matter this year when he blew by him Mm -hmm. in the same car i mean fresher tires but still you know yeah and like Um, it's just it's really interesting where you know Bottas kind of they opened the episode with him saying like I think I can beat Lewis Hamilton because I want the title more than he does. And I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, I just flat out don't believe him both in the sense that yeah. like he, it sounds like one, he might be underestimating how badly Hamilton likes winning <laughs> and like, <laughs> two, <laughs> like, I don't know that he, like he doesn't come across as somebody who has that like hunger. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes to win this title. And, you know, I think, they spent a good deal of this episode on the race at Sochi 
which like I don't remember where yeah. in the season that was, but there was that whole thing where like Bottas basically decided he wanted to start in third instead of second. Mm-hmm. And he won't outright admit it, which I think is really funny because I I totally get why he's saying it. But he's like, well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say what I did or I didn't do. But he's like, I personally think that starting in third on this track is better than starting in second if you want to w- win the race. Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, and but even Lewis said it. Lewis is like, maybe it's strategy, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, the, and the Lewis amount of precision you would need to, like, be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get third is, like, kind of amazing actually yeah when you think about it <laughs> i mean it's just overall i mean you sort of feel bad for the guy i do want to go i do want to go uh kind of minute to minute on this like the fact that the episode opens up with him being annoyed at hearing lewis hamilton singing in the room next to him. oh yeah I forgot about that. That is, um, that's really funny. And it's just like, it's, and he's just like, like he sings sometimes and they're like, what? And he's like, it's Lowe's. Like he just sings over there sometimes. And like, he hates it. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can tell that every fucking track they go to when he's in the room next to him, he's like, motherfuck. Like he's <laughs> singing again. And then uh, they, you know, they kind of do the, the cap. I love that their um, starter, mm-hmm. the the Netflix starter, where it's the overhead of them of them winning, yeah. is the double stack. Oh, it's great! It's great. The double stack but, is, I mean, just one of my favorite things to watch. Like oh I've probably God. watched it's, that clip probably a hundred times because yeah, it's magical. I just think pit stop, like pit stops are like it's like watching like a great like dance scene in a movie where you're like it's yeah. just perfectly choreographed, like everybody's doing the exact right thing at the exact right time. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but then like right before that was Toto when they bring up the number two driver and uh, he's just straight up like fuck you. Yeah, like, <laughs> like all of giant Toto giant rich toto who <laughs> definitely like drinks blood or something just like stone face telling the netflix producers fuck you so it, it happens in a later episode <laughs> oh. but it, but it, but it is it is here toto has a smirk that is just really fucking funny to me where like he <laughs> yeah. knows exactly what he's gonna say and not say <laughs> And uh, like, yeah. but he can't help it where he's like, yeah, I know. Like, I'm total yeah. wolf. Like, and there's another clip again in a later episode where like he's on, he's on like the a Razor scooter going through the yeah. padlock. And then like Netflix clues like running after him at like full speed. <laughs> um, and like, it's funny because I, I feel like from Toto's point of view, Bottas is the perfect teammate for Hamilton because Hamilton's their number one guy. Bottas is going to do well and rack up points to like, like Bottas is on that team so that Mercedes wins the constructors championship. Yep. Like that's, that's his exactly job. right. Yeah. You know, and, and they know it, you know what I mean? Like they know it. And that's again, like it, it goes back to the point you were making before. If you were told you could be an F1 driver mm-hmm. and you'll always be second fiddle forever you'll win sometimes, but not much. And your teammate is going to be a seven time world champion. 
I mean, and, and you're going to drive for the V constructor champion team. You're going to get paid an absurd amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like, do you do it? Right. And, and the thing is there, I mean, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit because I'm sure there, they are out there and I'm sure most of them live in Finland, but like, there probably aren't that many Bottas fans. Like, like that's the thing. Like, it, it would be different if you were like the second driver, but you were like a fan favorite. Where like, like if you were like a Kimi Räikkönen, where like it was like everybody yeah. just likes Kimi, and like no matter <laughs> what he, he does, he like, skipped the press conference yesterday. Yeah, like <laughs> he just didn't go. And everybody, and I saw one tweet from uh, WTF one. And they were like, one driver skipped today. Guess who it was? Right. And everybody was like, oh, it was Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Kimmy it's like, fucking... like, that's the thing. Like, if you were going to be <laughs> at least like a fan favorite, but like, I imagine everybody who's a Mercedes fan, like, is a Lewis fan. You know what I mean? Like, they're not buying yeah. like Valtteri Bottas, you know, bucket hats or whatever. You know, it's right, just, right. It's all about, it's all about Lewis. And I wonder if, like, I would love, to go even further like into Bacchus and his like mentality because I imagine that like being on the podium every time and like like having to be a part of the Lewis Hamilton celebration tour is probably more frustrating than yeah. not being on the podium at some right. at some point well that's what I'm saying like you don't get to be an F1 unless you're a very competitive drive like a competitive mm-hmm. person Right. I don't know. Like you are an F1 because you have proven your entire career that you want to win or you're very rich. Right. Um, and then, and, like, you know, and seeing him, like, you know, there's a, there's a shot in this episode where he's like spraying champagne or whatever. And he just like looks really sad. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. You're like, this, I get it, but this is not a moment where you're supposed to look sad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, other drivers out there would be like, like, Albon would be like, all, all he and Ricardo like want out of the midfield is like, I want to get on that podium. Yeah. And Bottas is like, yeah. Gasly sat and just cried on the podium. Right. For like a half hour be- out of just sheer joy and shock. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I, I would love to ask those guys. Like, I would love to ask Gasly and I would love like, yeah. Like, would you trade spots with Valtteri Bottas? And I, I just, yeah. because I, I genuinely wonder about the answer because I feel like there's just this impression that, you know, it's not that Bottas isn't competitive, but he's not as hungry. And like, you know, do do they say like, oh, well, he only got to where he is because he's driving the best car on the grid. And it's like, probably, but that's also part of the sport. You could you know? say that, yeah, you could say that for almost any of these drivers too, though, because like, like, yeah, George Russell did a great job in that Mercedes. But if he was up against Lewis Hamilton, hmm? I mean, more often than not, he'd probably be in second place. Yeah. Like, Lewis Hamilton isn't Lewis Hamilton for no reason. Like, yeah, that car is amazing. But if you were to put him in a Red Bull, he'd probably he'd probably beat the Mercedes once in a while. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And Like, he's Lewis Hamilton. This is, this is absolutely why I really love this idea of, uh, you know, there's 10 teams, you do 20 races, each t- driver drives for each team twice. Just yeah, see what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my god, what a mess! Um, what a mess. 
like i mean and obviously that's throwing out all the stuff about like how the cars are set up to like the way the drivers like to drive and like and safety and all there's all kinds of reasons not to do that but i'm just so curious about like oh yeah that how would that be would shake out you know an incredible season the right? incredible season especially for everybody in their week in haas when they're like what is this <laughs> this is not a car yeah what is this go-kart trash box i'm in <laughs> And what is Gunther yelling at me? But I want to see, like, I want to see Hamilton drive a Haas, you know? Like, I just yeah, want to see yeah. what, what would happen. And <laughs> just see him be like, this car is terrible. Like, like would he just quit? And, uh, you know, I think, <laughs> um, like, but again, like, the driver's, like, that's how you decide the driver's championship and then the, the constructor's championship is still a Mercedes yeah. because most yeah. people are going to drive really well in a Mercedes. Like, yeah, that's, um, that's very true. You know, the, the other part of this episode, uh, I mean, there's other parts of this episode, but another thing I wanted to bring up is uh, I think I like that we're getting glimpses of the driver's like off track routines and like we're getting yeah. a little bit more yeah. time with like their coaches and trainers and like the people around them. So one, I absolutely love that like we just hang out with Batas and his trainer and Asana for a while. It's like the most stereotypical Scandinavian thing I can think of basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it looks awesome. Oh, it's <laughs> like, beautiful where they are. Like, yeah. They have like wherever this little random location is, it's just like in a magical little part of the world of Finland. And it's, just a gorgeous sauna and setup and it's like oh like you're very wealthy yeah like you're (laughs) You're relaxed like you know and it's all i think it's still pre-season at that point but yeah yeah that's like i just i just want to go there like i would like to go oh for sure for sure (laughs) yeah you and i'll go in and just like then we'll just like balls out hang out (laughs) naked and in a hell yeah for a while. <laughs> again rad dude oh man i mean yeah, if that's... i know anything about scandinavians is that they love being in a warm steamy environment in the middle of the winter balls out naked <laughs> and they're killing it dude they're in a great time but like even there like it's it's hard it's hard to genuinely like i i do feel bad for Valtteri a lot because it's like look you have it all yeah except for a championship and you're probably never gonna get that right and then you know there, there's that scene where uh, I think they're at like breakfast or whatever with him and his girlfriend and his trainer and everything and he's talking about like people being mean yeah. to him on Instagram and it's like how much that like fucks him up. And I'm like, one, I'm shocked that like any driver who's not like Lando, you know, who's not like a Gen Z, like young millennial yeah. is doing anything on social media, like looking at the comments on their social media on like race weekend, because yes. like that is a psychological disaster waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it must be hard not to, though. You know right. what I mean? Like, I guess if you're if you know that the comments are over overwhelmingly positive all the time then like it's probably easier to ignore them than when you're but all it takes is that one negative comment like that just lands the wrong way like i mean i'm just saying i feel like if i were an f1 driver i would not have my phone on me like the whole weekend you know i wouldn't have a phone yeah i would just (laughs) stop having a phone but like at least from thursday to sunday afternoon like 
my phone would be in a, in a box somewhere and just yeah. off. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm sure they have other people, like, you know, other people to run their social media accounts if they choose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I like, again, I just feel bad for him. And I'm not saying that we're not part of the problem. Cause it, you know, you, I think you can be critical of somebody, but we're not going on his Instagram page being like, Oh, you suck. <laughs> yeah. I would never, I would <laughs> never look that dude in the face and be like, you're a trash driver, dude. You right. know, but like when he has a shitty performance, like any of them, anybody has mm-hmm. a shitty performance. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, dude, terrible job. Like you ruined that. Look, I would still go into a sauna, balls out naked with Valtteri Bottas and like, you yeah. know, drink yeah. some vodka, hey. or wh- whatever they drink in Finland. Like, yeah, whatever it is. You know, some potato thing. Um, um, but like, I mean, you can see the, the discomfort too when like early on they're going to have that, that, presser presser meeting and they're like oh like we're all gonna go in this room like you you come and he's like no 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 like i'll stay in my room and just zoom on my own computer by myself i don't want to be in the same room with everybody else yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's it's gotta be awkward like it's gotta be awkward to be in that in that space all the time yeah and, and the contrast between him and hamilton you know on a personal level. So like, I mean, it's clear to me that like Bottas is pretty introverted, which like, you know, Finns are known for being uh, pretty introverted in general as like a cultural stereotype, yeah. but he definitely seems to, you know, and enj- like prefer to be by himself. And then you have Hamilton who is like super extroverted. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. is, and like, and he's savvy. Like Lewis works the media really well. He knows like, how to say the things that he wants to say and i think being able to see that from the outside because this episode is so focused on Bottas, like we're seeing hamilton through Bottas's perspective a little bit and you're like man that guy is a dick like yeah yeah. you know and again it's not like lewis is like mean to him like they seem to have a very cordial personal relationship outside of the singing oh dude i bet in 20 years they'll fucking go get lunch together Mm -hmm. all the time and they'll be friends and like they'll go the rest of their lives being very respectful and, and having a nice relationship with one another. Yeah. But um, for now, <laughs> you know, and, and just seeing great. how relaxed Hamilton is like in front of like not the Netflix documentary cameras, but the um, like the actual like F1 press, you know, uh, like yeah. the, the media cameras where yeah, he's just yeah. like giving an interview like he just he looks relaxed you know and there's a clip of Bottas where he's like trying to sit on like the little stool and he like keeps like adjusting it and, yeah and she's it's like, like are you comfortable and he's like no no <laughs> not at all <laughs> no, no. whereas like Lewis like looks like he brought that chair with him because he's yeah, just like yeah like his posture is very relaxed he looks very casual you know but and Lewis just comes off well on camera most of the time it's really yeah, yeah it, people I, I mean, I, I really like this episode because it really does, like you were saying, it feels like it pulls back the curtain on something that we've always speculated about, but actually seeing it play out, I thought was super fascinating. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I Yeah, a great episode overall. Um, really glad that we got to see this world a little bit and kind of experience the 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 more personal moments you're right they they really do focus on sochi and how like valtteri just did what he wanted to like 
pretty much, I think that the takeaway from this episode that they really put in there is that he was like, look, I'm done driving for Mercedes. I'm driving for Valtteri now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, can't blame the guy. No, can't blame. That's him. what he should be doing. And ideally those goals are aligned, but I mean, we've seen over and over again where they're out on the track and you know, it, it's and again, like this is this is what's frustrating about this series overall. Not 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 in a bad way so much, but in the way of like, I just wish we could like I I wish this whole series was like a hundred hours long, you know? Because oh, yeah. yeah, like I wish they would have come back. Like there's so much stuff that happens later in the season that hasn't been covered by this series. But you know, all those mis- mistakes. That, like anytime Mercedes made a mis- mistake last season, it was against Bottas. Like Bottas, like. Like they didn't really screw up Hamilton's like pit stops or tire strategy or whatever, but they made a bunch of mistakes and they mm-hmm. all affected Bottas. And I would yeah. love like just like a check-in interview with him at the end being like, so how did driving for Bottas work out? Like, Yeah, right. I do wonder, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's the case. I want to say that. But I do wonder with some of those flubs in the pit lane which are you know uh, to anybody who's not a fan yet or is just kind of getting into it you should be sub three seconds Mm -hmm. in the pit lane yep five seconds will kill your race Mm -hmm. extra a slip in the pit lane that brings you from a three second pit stop to a five second pit stop will ruin your entire race and I just wonder sometimes if the whole vibe of like, you know, Valtteri doing Valtteri and Toto maybe getting a little pissed off at that and like him, you know, making himself start throwing on the grid or not showing up or being like, whatever, like I'm going to do what I got to do to win. I wonder if Toto's like, hold him for a second, you yeah. know, like we're going to win the championship anyway. Hold him for a second. Right. Just let's make sure he stays in in his place. And yeah, you know, like, like, like bad dog squirts him with the water. Right. You know, and a a more, a slightly more charitable reading too, is like that there's so much pressure on them to perform for Hamilton that like, you know, when it comes to doing stuff for Bottas, like that team is like, all right, whatever, like we'll we'll do it, you know? Um, But there's so much intensity around like Lewis, like we need Lewis to have this championship because we need to continue being so dominant and like you know like like we said like Bottas is like their insurance policy and it's like well oh, yeah. you know but those those screw-ups are so it's so uncharacteristic of what I think of the Mercedes race team you know what I mean like yeah they just really yeah. stick out in a way that like a couple of them are bad luck a couple of them feel like more than bad luck right and that's that's my point because like even though you know they are a tougher i think red bull is tougher on their second for sure mm-hmm. and are much more critical and are much you know fighting a lot harder for wins and you don't see their teams screw up their second nope at all and like red, and bull, the- red bull is pretty flawless all the time to both of their drivers yeah that I think so. I think Mercedes probably also has equally high expectations. And I think if, if we saw Bottas finishing 
off the podium more often, I feel like it would be a world, it would be a world of difference in terms of yeah. the way that he yeah, was maybe. getting treated. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if he was, if he was averaging, you know, Albon was getting like fifth, sixth, seventh place finishes on average. And like, I feel like if, if that was Bottas and Hamilton was still winning every race, it would be a very different, a very different attitude where again, I think yeah. he's, He's doing exactly what they want him to do, which is come in second as often as possible. And if you can't come in second, come in third. And if you can't come in third, then you better win. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then you, be, yeah, you better be winning. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's a, a perfect outlook for that. Um, <clears throat> you have anything else on this episode? I'm, I'm good on this one, but uh, I think it's time to talk about your favorite team. And I think uh, we need to talk about Ferrari. <laughs> I need to talk about Ferrari. Um, I gotta say, when I saw when when we got these, and I saw that the title of this fourth episode was "We Need to Talk About Ferrari," I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> well, it's true. I, yeah, I, I want to recap for people who may not have watched, the, you know, all the races or followed last year. I just want to recap that, like in 2019, Ferrari was the number two team on the grid. I think we can both agree. Yeah, um, sure. and Red Bull was like a close third. You know what I mean? Like they were like nipping at the heels of of Ferrari. Ferrari was sort of nipping at the heels of Mercedes. Like, you know, winning a couple races, getting a lot of podiums. Like, not gonna beat Mercedes for the championship anytime. You know, but but keeping it competitive. And then there was an investigation uh, into the power unit, which is part of the car that makes it go really fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, for Ferrari and uh, the FIA ruled that it was illegal. There was some kind of settlement that is under lock and key. Nobody knows the details of outside of the people at the FIA and Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden in 2020, like all the teams got a little faster, which is what they're supposed to do. And Ferrari got a whole lot slower. Yeah. Like, like painfully slower. Yeah. Like, and I think, that plus the improvements that the midfield made like that put red bull solidly number two where i think they were like the top midfield team in 2019 Uh, Uh, yeah you know what i mean they were like in that like between like some races they looked more mid-tier some races they were like really competing with mercedes and ferrari and i think yeah just dropped away to like you know they were barely competing with the mclaren racing point renault teams yeah yeah. Like they were barely they were, competing. Yeah. Like they were barely qualifying out of Q2. Yeah. Like they got into Q1. It was like, oh, hey, how about that? Ferrari got into Q1, like, mm-hmm. or Q3, rather. It's like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, right. They, they were terrible. Well, were terrible. you know, and as you like talking about um, when Leclerc, you know, would get a podium, he would be like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I guess we, I guess we got lucky today, you know, but that's just because he's a good driver Mm -hmm. in a, in a trash car. And and I do think that his team, for whatever reason, whoever's calling the shots for Leclerc, I think has a really good mind for like race strategy and like trusting him to like use the tires. Well, like there's a, there's a bunch of like small stuff that I think that Leclerc with his driving ability and the way that they were playing with strategy i think really benefited him um, yeah and so like this episode fo- focuses on the race in monza which is in italy so it's like you know i know it's ferrari's 1000th grand prix um so we saw a lot of like 
very attractive people walking around race cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. You are, you are not going to be poor and at those parties. No. <laughs> like, <Not> how it <laughs> it is a fancy group of people. Cause you're rich enough where even if like, you're not a good looking dude, no one is looking at you because the woman that you brought is just ridiculous. It's a supermodel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're hanging out with supermodels. It's uh, yeah. It, I mean, they also really, I think what I enjoyed about this is they do a good job of acknowledging the problems, not just with the car at Ferrari, but the, you know, the fact that Leclerc is getting them into trouble sometimes because he gets too excited in the mm-hmm. first corner and takes both Ferraris out of the race. Yeah, that happened, what, like three uh, times last season? Happens, yeah, happens <laughs> way too often. Once is enough. Once is, is, once is, once shouldn't happen. Yeah, and then when it happens like three times, yeah. like, buddy, like, what are you doing? And like, and so they really have, do a have, good job. You have to race your teammate without actually racing your teammate. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're still teammates. You know, and like it's it's one thing if you're racing one another in the last lap, but it's another thing entirely when it's like you know, you got to you kind of have to win still and you want to do good and it's like hey, like he's faster, let him by. You know, like mm-hmm. they do it all the time. It's, and like that's to be expected that's okay but when you go into the first corner diving in like sticking the nose of your car in a spot where you're not going to get out of it and like people like us that aren't drivers and are just like fans we're like dude what you're doing is stupid like it's a stupid thing you did yeah and and it makes me think combined with the rest of the episode which focuses a lot on sebastian vettel um i feel like it almost makes me feel like at Ferrari, like Leclerc's mentality is like, okay, whoever is further, ahead, whoever is the higher position in the race is going to be the number one driver this week for Ferrari. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, I'm not saying yeah. that that makes him blameless for screwing up like that because he should be more matured and be like, okay, I'm not going to pass the battle right now. I'm going to pass him, you know, in two laps or whatever. But I feel like that it just it's the impression that I get with all the stuff from Ferrari that they sort of have been playing the two of them off against each other. And like, obviously, the relationship between Vettel and Ferrari just completely went to shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's unfortunate because like Vettel is a champion, Mm -hmm. you know, and and maybe Ferrari did massage Leclerc too much in making him their future and maybe Vettel was a little salty about that you know like who knows or maybe maybe Netflix is just you know pumping up the the uh the drama of it all a whole lot because like at the end of the day I do really think that Vettel and Leclerc are probably really good friends and like Leclerc has learned I I think in the yeah in the footage that we see of them together in the same room they definitely seem like they're getting along I don't think it's I don't think it's a personal rivalry between the two of them I think they're competing to get the better to get preference from um Bonotto like that's that's what it feels like to me is like Ferrari 
again, like sort of playing them off each other, which again would be in the tradition of Enzo Ferrari. Like that's exactly yeah. what he would do uh, in yeah, this situation. Sure. I think, I think Vettel comes off, uh, I think more sympathetic in this than I expected because it does seem like he's giving them honest feedback. Like that car looks terrible. And yeah. I think because he's in the spot where he's, you know, a three, four time world champion, like his reputation isn't going to suffer as much. Right. Whereas right. Leclerc even, is trying to make yeah. his reputation. So he's fighting as hard as he can every, every second he's in that car. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Vettel is kind of like, he's done it already. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's what, like you say, he's won four championships. He's, He's been around the block. And I think also it's, you know, it's how we were talking about Valtteri and his Finnish personality versus, you know, um, versus Hamilton's English personality. I think just Vettel being, you know, a, a tough German guy. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's just like, this, this is like, this is undrivable, you know, mm-hmm. like how very specific and very, he he's tough on them and but that's how they should be they all should be tough on one another and i think that maybe his attitude of being tough um especially in a bad car when they're not winning uh is something that just doesn't seem to be vibing there at all and bonato's under a lot of pressure i wish they showed a little bit more in this episode about how much everybody seems to hate Bonato for <laughs> yeah. not getting it done, you know, but I'm surprised that his hair is not white after last white. season. Ghost white. Yeah. Because, because, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I, I think that's what I actually liked about this episode. The most was showing a team that is constantly in crisis because they can't find a way to make the car better. Right. Like right. everything they're doing is a struggle. Nothing they're doing is working. Like, you know, Seb was on the radio being like, hey, the car is worse now in corners. Like, yeah. it's slow on the straights and it's not good in the corners. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? I, uh, as we're recording this, um, this is a little sidebar. As we're recording this, um, the third day of preseason testing is happening. And do you see who one and two are right now? Oh, shit. That's yeah. awesome. Red Bull cars are in one and two right now. And like Red Bull is notoriously slow out of the gate compared to other teams. Yeah, they are so not today. This that's is for sure. This is going to be make Bahrain very exciting in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Ricardo is third. I that's mean, awesome. It's not not bad. It's not bad. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know how Bonato. Do you see, wait, real quick, one one more thing about testing. Do you see Kimmy has put in 127 laps? Today? Yeah. (laughs) They're probably, oh, God, I would love nothing more than to get a daily phone call from Kimmy Raikkonen. (laughs) It would be short. (laughs) Yeah. Where he was just like, you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, he'd be like, fine. And hang up the phone. <laughs> Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Did you see testing? Yeah. Good. Hang up. <laughs> that's that's your phone call from Kimmy. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, and, and I think 
what I, the other thing I appreciate about the the way that they approach this Ferrari episode is that they like I said they're sympathetic to Vettel but they don't let anyone really off the hook and you know I yeah. don't think that the like I don't know the just it's so interesting because like F1 is such a small world at the end of the day like there's 20 drivers there's 20 there's 10 team principals you know everything gets really personal and really like like it's it's a business thing like your coworkers and you're hiring people but also like you know it's it's so competitive anytime someone does anything that's like counter to that like it it feels like betrayal you know yeah i mean well it's like any i think it's like any job you know like even in my job my day to day or anybody's day to day you are around people for like in our regular lives you're around somebody for 40 50 hours mm-hmm. a week and you see them more than you might see your spouse or like your mom mm-hmm. you know you see these people that you work with and when one of them gets fussy or one of them you find out is kind of doing something that you didn't know about regardless of if it's good or bad or one person seems to be getting favored a little bit from the mm-hmm. boss people get testy and people get touchy and and people get offended and i mean you put that in the perspective of these guys who are in a bubble and mm-hmm. can't leave one another for five months and are with the other person and with their team every single day and you put into the into the mix that this is a very public thing mm-hmm. and there's constantly cameras on them and they're constantly every single day they're being asked a hundred questions I mean, I understand the pressure, you know, yeah. I maybe, I maybe don't understand it, but I, I recognize what kind of pressure these guys must be under. Yeah. And, and I feel like, again, like one thing I, I wish that the season, at least so far would take into account or like make a little more evident is the fact that, you know, in a normal F1 season, uh, there's a week in between races. They like they race one weekend, there's a weekend, there's a whole week off and then they come yeah. back again. Yeah. And in the shortened season, these guys are never leaving each other. Plus yeah. they're in COVID bubbles. So right. like, right. like I, I feel like all of that. Week. Yeah. And I feel like all of that tension, there's no place for it to go. Like it just, it's just building and building and building all season. Whereas like yeah. normally you have off weeks, you have like that two, three week, like almost, a, it feels like almost a month off in the summer usually. Yeah. And this was like, no just race travel race travel or like double you know two races in a row at the same track and it's it just it's a lot of pressure yeah and i mean like and it's exhausting you know and like when we're i i know that i've been guilty of it in my life i think most people have when you're constantly going it's easy to get exhausted fast you know Mm -hmm. and to be like i got this you know and be tired and and like if you i mean I know how I get when I'm a little hungry sometimes and I'll snap at somebody. Yeah. And like these dudes live with each other all the time, you know, like I, and, and we're only seeing the drama of the drivers. Could you imagine on the, you know, hundred people that are on the team, how mad the somebody or like how much the guy who is supposed to be making the power unit better is getting his balls broken. <laughs> Yeah. And like what the kind of, you know, like, or if you're, if you're the slowest tire changer, 
how the other three guys will band against you probably you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it's it, it we're seeing the just the very 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 top layer yep. of these teams and what the stresses and pressures are like and i imagine that it, you're surrounded by it all the time you know so can you imagine how much I, espresso bonoto probably goes through in a single race oh weekend my god i couldn't <laughs> my heart would stop like my heart would stop and like he's only he Oh, go ahead. He's got to be like, how old is he? Like mid forties, fifties. Dude looks like he's seventy. Like, <laughs> uh, I really do like the combination of his like round glasses and uh, his <laughs> wild hair is actually really fun to me. He's fifty one, by the way. He's fifty one. Fifty one. He looks like yeah. He's not gonna make it too long. <laughs> Dude, that poor guy. He is not Toto Wolf right now. No. Total Wolf is like, is like, bathing in infant blood, and Bernardo is like. Total Wolf genuine... lives in a castle. <laughs> it's like Bernardo is just actively trying to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, I, and again, like I'm not, I'm not trying to ascribe any sort of serious, uh. Uh, mental health diagnosis on him but like if you put Not the two of them next to each other one of them is a is a picture of someone with depression and someone is a <laughs> without depression it's like they're it's like they're the commercial people when they have like depression medication commercials and Bonato is the one that they show in the first half where it's like <laughs> do you feel like this and then toto is the guy in the second half where they're like you can feel like this yeah like that's 100 percent bonato and toto <laughs> uh and then like you know there's a one of the previews of a future episode is like you know because not only are the team principals like i i guess i don't know didn't often realize how much they're doing so like not only are the team principals like working on race strategy, working with the drivers, like making sure everything is running smoothly. But like, there's a, a clip of a preview for a future episode where Gunther is like on the phone with Gene Haas being like, look, I'm working on getting sponsors. I'm also running this team. Like, uh, like I don't know what you want me to do. And yeah. it's like, I thought that they would have other people, like sure, like Gunther would like come to the meeting <laughs> and like, you know, shake hands with the people that are like, they're trying to get sponsorships from or whatever. And like, you know, like say fuck a bunch of times and they would be like, oh, this guy's great. Like, like he'd be involved. But the fact that he's like trying to like call up like, you know, monster or what, you know, whatever they <laughs> like, I'm yeah, trying right. to like, like whatever the sponsors are. You know what I mean? Like, and like he's doing that in yeah. between everything else. Like he's like trying to yell at, um, <laughs> at his two drivers, and he's like, "Wait, I'm on, like I'm on the phone right now <laughs> with somebody who's trying to give us money so that we can keep doing this." Like, you oh, know, no. it's kind of crazy. Gunther. Yeah, I mean, these dudes do a lot, you know, and like we we make jokes about it, and like the pressure that a lot of them must be under is something that I think is, is really fascinating. Like I, and I don't mean to make, I don't want to make like crazy comparisons, but I imagine that like the short stop for like the white Sox is probably under some pressure, but Mm -hmm. it does not compare. Like when you see 
the types of fans, you know, like even like football teams, like you know, American football teams, the stadiums fill up if you're good and they're mm-hmm. not so full if you're not good. And you get a handful of, of games at home each season. They're, they're playing like what, seven at home. So you get like seven times to fill that thing. And, and like ultra fans will, you know, say get rid of our safety or whatever. But like, it's kind of like you're kind of forgettable to mm-hmm. a point. This is like when, when people who don't know F1, you know, in the pre-COVID years, when you would see the, the Ferrari parties that were thrown before the race, and there are tens of thousands of people there days early yeah. just so they can like rage at a party. And every team has one of those. Yep. And everybody goes to these parties. And it's just like this massive, like, especially, you know, Ferrari or Red Bull. Like when, when Max was in, um, what's his home race? Um, uh, Hocken? Wait, no, not Hockenheim. No. Um, um, well, Red, Red Bull's home race is in Austria. And then Max's home, oh, yeah. the, the, well, there was the, they were supposed to do the Dutch Grand Prix this year yeah but like anytime, but, you they're, know, anytime they're close to yeah uh, the netherlands and they just they have the orange smoke yep. stuff that comes out of nowhere and like the, and the entire country goes completely insane for these people like that's just a pressure that's a that's a public pressure that i just have trouble understanding yeah, you know. uh, Belgium is uh, is his like closest. Belgium, experience. Belgium, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, um, but I mean, and not not to put you on the spot, Ian, but I feel like the closest comparison I can make with the things that I'm familiar with to being a team principal in F1 is like making a movie every week, where it's like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> really sucks a lot you know where you're like like, i gotta worry about financing i gotta worry about the cast i gotta worry about the crew i gotta make sure that like things happen on time and it's like you know and you're doing that week in and week out yeah yeah but like yeah (laughs) thanks for reminding me ryan you're welcome (laughs) i'm just trying to give you credit that like it's stressful it is it is but like at the same time you know uh you do see i mean I, you know saying that um i imagine because i know what my answer would be i imagine if you say that to any of these guys hey would you trade this for any job in the world they'd be like no you no know? definitely not and no. like they they are i don't care who you're asking from gunther all the way up to the altery nobody's gonna trade no. this job like it's like hey you can quit f1 right now and go work in like an office somewhere and like just you know be an account manager for the rest of your life they'd be like are you nuts like Why? they gave me a mclaren <laughs> right like, i'm driving a mclaren right now because they handed it to me their watches those richard Milley watches are like fifty thousand dollar watches that they have that they are given and they have to wear and it's like what are we talking about here? <laughs> it's such they're a different. They're yeah. doing. They're doing great. Yeah, I mean, a l- I can handle a little stress for all that. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think yeah. it's really. Hey, dude, I think here's it's also your car really, for this year, right? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's also really interesting. 
learning more about the team principles as we see more of them and just like learning about their different personalities like like Toto Wolf and Christian Horner like they never look stressed like and it's a lot of it's just personality you know yeah. and like also yeah. the fact that you know um Christian Horner is married to a Spice Girl like I'm sure that helps like <laughs> doesn't hurt <laughs> uh you know and then you have uh you know um Bato and you have uh, Gunther and they're like people who thrive on stress like that's what who they yeah. remind me of where it's like if they weren't stressed the fuck out they wouldn't know what to do with themselves like <laughs> who would find something to stress themselves out right like, they would model airplanes want... and be like son of a bitch like <laughs> right they're not the kind of guys who like go to a beach and like sit and read a book for a while they're like wait i gotta do like base jumping or like not that they're like extreme <laughs> but there's there's got to be some kind of like stress yeah. adrenaline like yeah. you know something like, has I have to, to be get, like, killing them right um you know and then you have like Atmar who I feel like is kind of in the middle where he's like yeah like I can roll with this like some stuff is stressing me out but like I have a healthy relationship with it and um we'll talk more about him next time but apparently he has an amazing car collection (laughs) oh really yeah I can't wait yeah can't wait um but I I think that's all I have to say about this Ferrari episode yeah that's all I want to say about Ferrari right now (laughs) um so 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 we can wrap this up uh our next episode will cover uh episodes five and six um so we'll be talking more well so we'll be talking about reno and ricciardo we'll be talking more about racing point we'll be talking more about alex albon so Mm uh a lot more to come and uh we're not even halfway through the season yet so we'll we'll keep plugging away and you can follow along with us if you have um you know, comments or corrections because I'm sure we said some wrong stuff as we usually do. Uh, yeah, like it, saying it, that Toto bathes in infant blood. Right. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> if if you have uh, you know pics or details on Toto's self care routines, uh, <laughs> Ian, where where can people send those? Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at f f one pod, um, or you and same on Instagram f f one pod. Or you could shoot us an email at feif1 at gmail.com. And that is the numeric one. And uh, Ian, where can people find you personally? On- oh, you can find me at Ian or whatever on Instagram. That's normally my my go-to spot. Uh, and, and Ryan, what about you? Uh, I'm also a whatever. So you can find me on uh, Twitter or Instagram or Letterboxd. That's Silber whatever. That's with a B. And you can find this podcast as well as a bunch of other podcasts about movies on moviejohn.com. Hell yeah, Movie John Network. Love these dudes. They have so many good movies. It's awesome. There's literally more podcasts than I personally will have time to listen to in a given week. So Yeah, but there's something for everybody, which is really nice. Exactly. Uh, Butter With That. I think Butter With That is great. And Mm -hmm. uh, I saw it in a movie. I think is one of my favorites. Thank you. Uh, really loved that one. Oh yeah, it's a it's a great one. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of good ones. There's something for everybody on there. Yeah, uh, I was recently on Jenna's Depp Impact podcast talking about the yeah. Lone Ranger uh, and Amazing. both Johnny Depp and Army Hammer and how they've become extremely problematic <laughs> <laughs> uh, in so, different ways, in but, very different ways, but but definitely problematic nonetheless. Uh, so you can definitely check that out too and uh, we'll be back you know probably the next if you're downloading this today it comes out we should be back tomorrow with our next episode awesome great alright until next time F yeah one F yeah one